0: Hello and welcome to RICU 2.0. I'm Daniel.
1: I'm Asher. And I'm Gabe.
0: And we are your new hosts. For the next 15 minutes, we are gonna take you on a magical and educational ride through community-acquired pneumonia. So I hear you have a case for us, Gabe.
1: That's right, Daniel. So you're a medical student in the PDR and a mother comes in with her four-year-old son. The chief complaint is fever, shortness of breath and cough. When you're doing your exam, you notice that the child is tachycardic, has decreased O2 saturation, dullness to percussion and decreased breath sounds. Like any good medical professional in an ED setting, you order a chest X-ray stat. You look at the X-ray and you see that the patient has pneumonia. Your attending asks you, how do you treat it?
0: The title of today's discussion is How much amoxicillin is enough to treat community-acquired pneumonia? So just a background story on on just what is community-acquired pneumonia. So just on the basics on pneumonia first, it's when there's an infection that inflames the air sacs in one or both lungs, which would then subsequently cause it to fill with fluid. And then the community-acquired part of that diagnosis generally means that the causative bugs are classically the ones that are spread in the environment. So the risk factors for community-acquired pneumonia in children are crowded environments, or kids with siblings in school, because school is a crowded environment where the, the kids are sharing lots of germs, although that might not be as much of a concern now, COVID-19, with everyone socially distancing in school. Um, so which bugs are these? Back to step one.
2: Oh gosh, you're giving me nightmares. So it's,
0: it's a different, it's different bugs between uh, kids older and younger than the age of five. So kids older than five generally get mycoplasma, and strep pneumo, whereas kids under the age of five would more classically get staph aureus and strep pyogenes.
2: It's good to know. I got a question on that in my uh, my shelf exam, but yeah, it comes on. Up,
0: it comes up in step two also sometimes,
2: These these bug questions. Who knew? But let's get on to the topic of today's discussion. So we're talking about a research article whose title is Effect of amoxicillin dose and treatment duration on the need for antibiotic retreatment in children with community-acquired pneumonia. So why is this research so important? Well, is the dose and duration we are currently giving, are we overdoing it? Uh, When we were younger, our pediatricians usually gave us a a 10-day course, but nowadays there's word on the street that it's a seven-day course. So why might we want to cut it down? You know, if it ain't broke, why fix it?
0: Cutting down the dose and duration may effectively lower the cost of medication over time. Also,
1: um, a shorter duration may lead to an increase in patient compliance because they could take it less days. So less of a chance
0: they'll
2: miss a dose. That makes sense.
0: If they're taking less medication, there'll probably be fewer side effects from the medication as well.
2: That's true. So it always sucks when you take an antibiotics and then you get diarrhea. (laughs) So, uh, good good points so um the importance in this study specifically is to figure out if a lower dose of moxillin is non-inferior to a higher dose and to see if a shorter dose uh shorter dose duration is non-inferior to a longer course so i know dan doesn't like the word non-inferior so why don't you tell us what that means
0: yeah it just sounds a little bit confusing so so sure What that basically is saying is we want to know if it would have the same outcome if you take a lower dose or a shorter duration.
2: You have such a way with words. So the main question (laughs) that this article is asking is for children with community-acquired pneumonia discharged from an inpatient setting, like an emergency department observational unit or like being admitted into the hospital and the subsequent outpatient treatment when they're given oral moxicillin at a dose of. Thirty-five to fifty milligrams per kilogram per day is that non-inferior to seventy to ninety milligram per kilogram per day dosage? And it's also asking if a three-day course is non-inferior to a seven-day course with regard to need to then retreat with antibiotics.
0: So, Asher, let's get into the nitty-gritty with the stats.
2: Oh, we'll do, Daniel. So, how do they? research or study their question, they made a two by two factorial randomized clinical trial of 814 kids requiring amoxicillin for community acquired pneumonia at hospital discharge. So they basically took those kids and put them into four different groups, one of each of the categories, the lower dose, the uh, the higher dose, the short duration, and the longer duration. So the outcome of their study was that for the lower versus higher dose, the primary outcome, that being the antibiotic retreatment within 28 days, occurred in 12.6% with the lower dose versus 12.4% with the higher dose, which is a difference of about 0.2%. And in uh, 12.5% with a three-day treatment versus 12.5% with a seven-day treatment. So it's basically the same. So both groups demonstrated non-inferiority, meaning that they're about the same in outcome, With no significant interaction between dose and duration so both comparisons met their pre-specified eight percent non-inferiority margin however uh this all depends on the disease severity the treatment setting and prior antibiotic treatment that they received um but it's very interesting stuff what does this all mean asher so that means that among kids who have pneumonia discharged from emergency room or an inpatient setting that in the outpatient setting, treating with a lower dose or a lower uh, or shorter duration of treatment is not inferior to the current standards, that being the higher dose and the higher duration of treatment.
0: Asher, so does that mean that having a lower dose was just as good as having a higher dose and that a shorter duration was just as good as a longer duration?
2: According to their results, I guess so.
0: Gabe, you got an attending tip for us to tie in what we learned today?
2: Yes, I do, Daniel.
1: So, You're a medical student in the PDR, and a mother comes with her four-year-old son. Chief complaint is fever, shortness of breath, and cough. When you're doing your exam, you notice the child is tachycardic, decreased O2 saturation, dullness to percussion, and decreased breath sounds. Like any good medical professional in the ED setting, you order a chest x-ray stat.
0: You look at the x-ray, and because you're so good at reading chest x-rays, you don't even bother looking at the radiology report. You just say, "Huh, it looks like pneumonia.
1: So your attending asks you, how would you treat it? You are the medical student, you the medical student, being up to date on all things related to medical research from listening to the RICU respond. Conventionally, treatment is is a seven day course of amoxicillin with a dosage of 70 to 90 milligrams per kilogram. However, new research has shown that you can actually treat a non-complicated pneumonia with a three day duration of amoxicillin with a lower dose of 35 to 50 milligrams per kilogram and have equally effective results. The attending is very impressed and
2: offers you a residency position on the spot. That's our dream, isn't it? So Daniel, take it away with a question to ponder.
0: The question today comes from a field that takes just a couple of weeks prior to pediatrics, the field of OBGYN. Just a basic question on on that. How long is pregnancy? So if you asked anyone, they would probably say 40 weeks because that's, I mean, if you Google it, I think that's what comes up. But the problem is, that we calculate those 40 weeks based on your last menstrual period. But clearly no one gets pregnant at the time of their previous menstrual period. That's not possible. They more likely got pregnant two weeks after that. Textbook says that like textbook of when ovulation is would be 14 days prior to menstruation. So it would generally be based on, depending on the length of the cycle, generally about 14 days after when we start counting pregnancy to have begun so the punchline of the question is how long is pregnancy 38 39 40 41 who knows i wonder what the average really is and that's all we have for you today at the rick
2: thanks for listening thanks if you have any questions or comments please send us an email at the team at gmail.com if you have any complaints please put in the title gabe and then he will get them and you could complain to him all of your worries and sorrows you can follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at The RICU Team. And as always, thank you again so much to all of our listeners. As always, thanks for joining us at The Ricky Podcast.